Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and today bringing you an exclusive interview ahead of TalkSport 2's live and exclusive coverage of the three-match T20 series between Bangladesh and England. Coverage gets underway on Thursday morning at 8.30am with the second T20 taking place at the same time on Sunday uh, and the uh, final match of this three-game series on Tuesday. So ahead of this, um, delighted to say that uh, Tawid Qureshi sat down with Moeen Ali, World Cup winner, uh, with uh, one eye on the 2023 title, which takes place in uh, India later this year, uh, to talk about uh, the exploits and the successes of Adil Rashid, also to give his views on Rayan Ahmed, and where Moeen Ali sees his uh, immediate career within this uh, England setup over the next year or two. It's a great interview. I'm really pleased that uh, Tawid was able to uh, sit down with Moeen ahead of the series in Bangladesh uh, to discuss so many, uh, so many varied topics, uh, looking back as well as looking forward. So, uh, without further ado, uh, here is the interview between Tawid Qureshi and uh, Moeen Ali. Story of the day. Parash is uh, he's a special cricketer and he's very very talented. Is what he won the first game of the partnership that he put on with Milan, um, with with what he had to go through after, and then performed the way he did in the second game, and then obviously again last night is it, it's a lot of credit to him and his, his character, the character that he has that he, he can put everything to a side when he's on the field and he can concentrate and he's, the skill that he has is in my opinion second to none in, in, in the world as a leg spinner uh, and uh, what a lot of people don't know is actually leg spinning in Bangladesh is not easy to ball having played BPL there's not many leg spinners around or not many successful players come here or do well here as leg spinners 
But what he can do is he can adapt and, and bowl away in any country, really. He's got the tools to adapt and, and do really well. So I'm not surprised that he's, he does, he's done really well here. Um, but it just confirms to me more, makes me more uh, convinced that he's the best leg spin in the world. And he's, he's unbelievable. And uh, it doesn't probably get quite the credit that he deserves, but he doesn't mind. But like you say, like the thing that he went through during the weekend, all that kind of stuff, it's not easy, I guess. And I'm sure he's stressed about it, but he didn't show it much. Yeah, I mean, why why do you think it is that he might not sort of get all the the plaudits, all the you know, all the praise that you know some some more high profile kind of uh, spinners get? Uh, I think I think there is that. Obviously, people do think he's good, but there's a lot of people probably who don't think he's not that he's not good, but like the best in my opinion. Um, I think because he doesn't really show off and he doesn't really, he's not out there and, for example, social media and all that kind of stuff. Not that it makes that much difference, but even on TV, he doesn't, he just gets the job done. At, uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure why, but I think that would be probably one of the main And then just going back to last thing on Adil, he, you know, we already spoke about his mental strength. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming part of that comes from his his deep faith, his you know, deep faith in religion. Yeah. Is that is that something that you would sort of? Yeah, I think he's. Um, I think also he, you know, things are temporary. So like, uh, like life, like uh, the cricket, and he knows everything will come to an end. And similarly with this situation, he knew at some point. once he got it all done with, it's going to come to an end. Uh, um, so I think it, uh, that also helped him, but I definitely think his faith and uh, things that just calmed him and kept him in a good place. And uh, yeah, he's he's, he's very strong. Bit. And then sort of switching focus to to another leg spinner who's at the opposite end of his career, obviously Ryan Ahmed, uh, who got his debut yesterday in the, in the third ODI. I mean, just how good has it seemed to? Has it been to see his development? I know sort of you and uh, Rash have kind of taken him under your wing a little bit. He's good. He's, um, he's very confident. Um, he's a lot of self. He's very quiet, actually, um, for something. But he's quietly confident, um, like backs himself and all this kind of thing, which is a great thing to have. And I'm thinking, look, he's going to have a lot of learning to do and, uh, Rash is probably the best person to have uh, in terms of leg spin and learning from what he's going to probably go through and what he needs to work on, etc. But um, there's also a way of, uh, I guess, not teaching someone, but um, getting someone to learn. And uh, But he's, he's super cricketer, super talented, and he's got a lot of potential. It's just reminding him that it's a lot of hard work and uh, he's, it's in him to do the work. Uh, they can have go through lots of ups and downs and all these kind of things. So he's uh, he's good. He's he's got a good brain. He's uh, got a good head on his shoulders. Like he just wants to play cricket. He loves the game probably as much as we do. Probably even more. You know, it's, you know, it reminds us of us when we were a bit younger, where you just want to play cricket and loving being on tour, etc. Um, yeah, you don't ever want him to lose that, but also 
know that there's one what's to come. Um, I try and hopefully give him a bit of a heads up. Um, you don't want to take anything away from him. You do you want to just go ahead and express himself. So it's not it's not so much I guess taking him under a wing. It's more just being there for him when when we made so. Yeah, I know uh, Mark Wood the other day was saying he's got this infectious energy that kind of rubs off, rubs off on, on everyone. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting, his, his debut game yesterday in the third ODI, he came up against sort of Mushvikar in his first spell and, and Mushy was kind of pretty well set, looking to sort of take him on. And then in his second spell, he came up against Shakib again, who was pretty well set, looking to, to kind of... Uh, accelerate a little bit so it was obviously quite a steep learning curve for him yeah. but I'm sure he would have sort of taken lots away from yeah him. for sure and and obviously he's played a lot of he actually hasn't played that much cricket and he hasn't played a lot of 50 over cricket oh, uh, uh, I'm not sure how many games he would have played before the game and in, at 50 it, was just, it is different to obviously T20 cricket T20 cricket would come after you a lot more and there's a bit more pressure which means then you can get wickets or go for runs whatever but in this cricket it's not easy to take and that's why Rush is so good and this is what I'm trying to say why it makes him he can get wickets in the middle which is probably the hardest thing in 50 old cricket um, and that's anywhere in the world because of the skill that he has and that's what I ran with learn of him hopefully and I pick up power and, and these kind of things but um Ray, Ray would have learned a lot yesterday because he's probably really ever bowled 10 hours in that records. And I know he got one on his last ball yesterday, but um, it, there's, a, there's more of a game plan kind of way uh, in 50 overs and test cricket. There's, there's always a plan on how you're trying to get people out, etc. Whereas in T20s, there's, there's that, but it's very simple. No matter what sort of plan you have, you can get hit if you, if you can bowl poorly and get wickets, whereas 50 overs. If you go poorly, you're going to get it. And are you going to go for runs? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there will be lots to, to come from him in the future. Um, just focusing in on uh, your own performances then, uh, kind of throughout the throughout the series, obviously, you know, you're, you're someone who's always going to chip in either with bat or ball. Uh, were, you, were you happy overall with, with kind of the way it went for you? I think um, I think I bowled quite well without taking a lot of wickets. Um Ball pretty tired. Felt like I was back to how I wanted to bowl, especially the last two games. Um, felt like I was quite threatening and, and and actually doing a job for the side. I'm not somebody who's gonna rip through teams in fifty over cricket. Um, I'm not somebody who's gonna I just try and hold an end or try and uh, that. Obviously, you try to take wickets, but it's not. A lot of the times, I don't think, but I just felt like the ball quite nicely, to be honest. And batting wise, obviously, the second game came off nicely. First game, there was a polished Wimbledon, but it was also the wickets have not been great, uh, or not that easy, sorry. But I don't know, I just felt like as a team, um, when I've needed to contribute, like for the last game, I felt like it, it was nicely done. So, and sometimes in three games, it's, it's, it's not a lot to make that much of an impression obviously but that's how it is and I feel like I did alright to say nothing like I said like just chipped in when I needed to chip it without doing anything special yeah I mean there's been a lot of sort of chat about just how tough competition for places is in in the ODI team at the moment you know there's so many uh, people 
with with you know him with a shout for for getting into the World Cup squad in particular. Um, but in terms of yourself, do you feel now that you've kind of established yourself as kind of one of the first names on the team sheet within that sort of Odiola setup? Uh, not really, to be honest. With you. I'm not one of the first names. I, I feel with the way I play um, to coach and the captain. Uh, like to have him aside and um, I think with especially with the way I've played recently in LDI cricket with South Africa now there's been some good performances and um, I think it's the way I play is that's what's keeping me in the side it's not necessarily scoring big runs or so when I do get 50 or 40 or whatever it is it's quite quick and the impact is quite good um and with the balls, they know my role in the side is not. Well, I'm not going to be somebody who's going to rip through teams as well to contain, uh, build pressure, and hopefully they can rush and the world's body of the room could take wickets or pick them up because of myself. But uh, I think my role in the side is clear and that is good. Uh, they like having me in the side. No, I, I don't see myself as a first name on the team sheet. I see myself as somebody who um, can make a difference in, in the side. Yeah, and as I was saying, there, there is a lot of competition for places. So, you know, for example, Will Jacks came in, made his debut first, so yeah, I did, did a good job there. I mean, do you do you feel all that sort of competition helps you to raise your game? Yeah, for sure. It's um, having competition is great. And, and look, I, I, I've never, I've never been somebody who's uh, if competition, if there is competition for places, it's never. Like, it doesn't make me a... I don't become selfish, in you know, any sort of way. I just feel like, no, whatever's going to be the best for the team is what will happen. And if Will Jacks comes in and Livingston comes in, similar roles to myself, and they do really well, then actually it makes me happy because I'm 35 now. There's not... Uh, I'm not like I'm 26, 20, I'm, I'm at the back end. And for me, it's more. there's more pleasure now. Obviously, I want to play and stuff, but if somebody's doing really well and they're ready and and they're doing better than me or whatever it is, then they should they deserve to be playing it. Um I feel that it's I, I it genuinely makes me happy when I see uh players coming in that uh I'm not somebody who's gonna hold on to anything and all that. It's just let's play the game and whatever's best for the side, whatever's gonna take the team forward, uh make us better and make us champions, etc. That's more important and, and uh, that is um the bigger picture we need. I'm not always that desperate, you know. Um, I love playing cricket and I love playing for England, of course, but it's not the be-all and end-all long. It's never been like that. And that's probably why I've played more than I probably thought as if we're going to play in the end. Sure. And um, kind of, you know, rolling dice forward a little bit, you know, the, the World Cup starts in sort of six, seven months' time. Um, just looking forward to that, you know, forward to the World Cup, is it is it too far away at the moment to sort of start getting excited about it? To start thinking, you know, it'll be great if I'm on the plane to to India. Uh, the hard thing is, I actually think this trip was big um, for us. I think this was the real start of uh, before the World Cup. So this was the best preparation we could have got. So we genuinely took this not we take everything seriously, but. This was the one series. So South Africa was a great series, but um, it wasn't as uh, 
meaningful in terms of what learnings and all that kind of stuff in terms what I'm trying to say is like this was more like how it's going to be in India mm. where South Africa wasn't um, and we, we have a stronger side here than we did in South Africa and we know this better preparation and, and this was a start in my opinion the journey of the World Cup and I know there's a big breakdown until the summer and then the World Cup but yeah this was huge for us and then um Kind of focusing in on the the, the T Twenty series that's just about to to start in a couple of days' time. In in some respects, it's a little bit of a an odd sort of a series that's been scheduled. There's no obvious build up towards a T Twenty World Cup at the moment. So, you know, what are you looking to to get out of that series? I think again, this play the condition these conditions and learning about playing in Bangladesh T Twenty cricket is something that we've been quite good at as well. So. Um, we're obviously here when we want to win but there's also a few players that do want to have a look at I guess a bit more in T20 cricket um, and we know how hard it is I think when it's a tough series like this in foreign conditions uh, in conditions that are not liking them at all uh, it's always a great challenge and when you win those type of series with a lot of satisfaction then for sure and um just sort of focusing in on, on you know your future, as you said, you know, you're no spring chicken anymore. And I think the other day you were kind of saying how um, you know you you just want to sort of try and play for as long as as, as you can. Um, do you see you know the, the World Cup being a bit of a watershed in terms of your involvement in the 50 over side, or do you not sort of see it like that? Is it just a case of right, the World Cup will happen, I'll carry on. Yeah, doing my best if I'm in that 50 over team then so be it if I'm not then I think um, look with the World Cup coming up um, obviously I've had my I don't set a lot of goals and, and stuff like that but I want to play that World Cup and be part of that World Cup and hopefully win that World Cup and then we'll see if I'm not uh, saying I will retire or I'm not saying I won't retire it's just I might choose to retire the time. It is, I get another, see, seven, eight months, uh, 35 is a lot. Well, you have 24, 25, 26, it's obviously nothing, but it could be at the time we're up to, you know, actually 50, it was just, that's me done now, and I might look at the Louis Stenzel, uh, Jack C and these guys, and think, well, I think my time's, I'd rather them guys get ready for the four years to the next World Cup. There is ICC 50 hours, and I think, two years after the World Cup but we'll see like I'm not um, I haven't decided or I haven't like but I have a sort of idea what I want to try and do if if I feel like this then I'll knock it and said if I don't then I feel great I'm playing well then I'll carry on or whatever but would you would you ever sort of consider going down the road of, of just being a T20 international sort of specialist so you know a bit like I guess Chris Jordan at the moment is sort of comes in for the, for the T20s and uh, yeah of course I mean it's, I've never ruled that out I think it's something that is more logical that at some point it just makes more sense if I'm playing well and I'm playing all the franchise cricket and playing well for England I don't see why not um, 50 years does get harder as the as older the older you get fielding is not older so um, 50 years is not easy to fill then um, yeah for sure I think it makes sense that I'll, I'll do that because 
at some point. T20 is obviously good at, but like I said, as long as I'm playing well and I feel like I deserve to be in the side, then yeah, for sure, I will definitely do it. Great. And then sort of moving away from sort of performances and, and things on the pitch. So I know, as you were saying, this is your second England tour to Bangladesh, but you have played in the BPL two, maybe three, three, three times, three editions of BPL. So you're well-versed in, in sort of playing at Bangladesh, knowing what it's all about. But you also have a very specific Bangladesh connection, which I think, you know, a few people know about. Well, lots of people know about your Pakistani heritage, but I don't think many people know about your Bangladesh connection. Do you want to display? Yeah, my uh, wife was born in Salet. I moved to England when she was eight. Lived in London. So, yeah, we got married, obviously, when I was 21. She was 24. And, yeah, that's my connection with Bangladesh, and that's my... Lead. Actually, so, when I was in school, one of my best friends, so we had, there was three, four of us, one of them was also Saleti. And so I, I knew about, obviously, Saleh and Bangladesh, because the area I was born in, there was a lot of Bangladeshis, mainly probably 99% from Saleti. Um, so I knew, obviously, about the culture and, yeah. and things like that, but... Never knew quite so much as I do now. Um, yeah, so the passion they have for not just cricket, but I know I think life in general, the country and how the love that they have for Bangladesh is immense, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's, it's cool. I, I really like it. So there's myself and my wife's sister's husband is also Pakistani. From, same sort of background as myself, so there's a bit of back to the flies around, but it's all obviously good humor. And uh, yeah, it's uh, that's my connection, I'm very proud of it. Uh, yeah, and the people when I come here every time they uh welcome me with open arms, they all call me uh Jamai, and I think that's how you say it, or yeah. the and all these kind of things. So yeah, it's, it's nice and all and how. Yeah, like I said, Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine 
and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. So you definitely feel kind of extra love, I guess, when, when you're in Bangladesh because everyone knows about you. Yeah, 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 100%. Um, and a lot of people actually speak to me and we're really thinking I know the language. I know, obviously, a little bit now, but um, yes, that's my connection. Um, my others are amazing people that... Um, and yeah, when I think about them, and I have, uh, I spend just spend a lot of time. Uh, it's good memories and really nice, uh, really really nice people. That my I know my family, my parents are really happy, and they they love having them, and uh, they love my my wife. And it's it's really nice that like, you know my kids like to think of them as well as half family actually. Yeah. It's, it's good and I think it's great to experience different cultures and um, I guess there is a bit of um, negativity on the political side from back in the day and all that which I didn't really know about to be honest with you and I guess it just brings in a small way well, a tiny way but unity and uh, all that kind of important thing uh, things in life that you need and and it happens more and more now, obviously, and it's it's great. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking, you know, you're a unifying figure in so many ways, and I guess this is just another yeah. another kind of way of, of of being a role model to to do sort of different yeah. but similar yeah. communities. I guess just the last question on it is: it's quite interesting what you were saying about sort of learning about sort of Bangladeshi culture. I mean, you know, you're you're in a unique sort of position to sort of see how sort of British Bangladeshi culture works and British Pakistani culture works, would you say that they're kind of similar but different, I guess? Yeah. I, they're very, very similar, uh, but, yeah, also very different because I guess... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? In the Pakistani sort of culture, we, we sometimes... Well, we, everyone thinks they're the best. The culture thinks they're the best in... in in a different way, or it's it's like great and all that. But when you experience both, it's like actually they're both really cool and they're both different and this uh, same mindset or the same things, but in different ways. Almost it's, it's quite difficult to explain, but that's how it feels. And but yeah, um, they're both very passionate. The the two that I know obviously are both very very passionate, but they background their countries and um very respectful um, yeah I, I just find the Bangladeshi culture uh, very very interesting very respectful very uh, loving um and it's just like I said I'm very proud I'm very proud my kids can experience that um uh, and they love going to uh, their mum's like uh, family's part of the family, and yeah. I, I really they're very gentle, softly, uh, very um, hospitable, and and they both are like I said. But one culture can be the same sort of thing, but a bit harsher, I guess, in in a way. 
but in a loving way also at the same time. Whereas my initial just feel like it's, it's a lot softer and loving in, in that way. So two very different, but trying to achieve the same goal. And I guess it's, it's an amazing, the amazing cultures to be part of for sure. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. 